Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Using pre-planned lines on dating apps to start conversation does not work generally for women because we have a sixth sense. We have like a sniff test. We can tell that those lines are maybe lines that you got from a YouTube pickup artist dude or you even maybe came up with it on your own, but now you've used it for every single girl over and over and over. It's like that saying, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day or teach a man how to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. Give a man a pre-written line and he'll date for a day. Teach him how to banter and he'll date for a lifetime or maybe not a lifetime because you'll find the one right away and then you'll stop dating and you'll just be married. But you know what I mean? I am Kristen from kristenandchill.com and I am the banter queen. I teach guys how to charm more than just the socks off of women. And if you're struggling in conversation, if you're getting ghosted, if you're never hearing back, if you're never ever getting the results that you deserve, hit me up at kristenandchill.com. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have Connell Barrett, the author of Dating Sucks But You Don't, on to talk about so many things like confidence, authenticity, flirtation, how to tell stories, how to be charismatic. It's almost like you've got a bowl overflowing with tons of popcorn. So catch these pieces of popcorn that are going to be falling out everywhere from this episode that's just overflowing with good stuff. That's coming up. So keep listening. Welcome to another episode of the Ask Women podcast, where you get real advice straight from the source. Women, I'm one of your hosts, Kristen Carney. Marnie from winggirlmethod.com is not with us today. And I said, you guys get advice straight from the source. However, today is not advice straight from the source. It's straight from a man, not the source. But men still give great dating advice. So we have author of Dating Sucks, But You Don't. Dating Transformation Coach, The Real Life Hitch, Connell Barrett. Hey, thanks for hanging with me today and keeping me company while Marnie's here. No, thanks for having me on. I'm sorry I'm missing Marnie, but I get you all to myself. So I'm sure this will be fun. You've won the lottery, basically. This is hitting the <laughs> jackpot. Just <kidding. laughs> Nice. So before we started recording, we were talking about your specialties and where, where you really focus. And one of the things that you said was authenticity. So today I really want to dig into the authentic thing because I think so many people are missing authenticity from the world that we live in and they're craving it. It's like a pint of chocolate ice cream that they just can't reach. And it's like, uh, it looks so good, but I can't have it because so many people aren't being authentic. So I want to get into that if that's okay with you. 
Yes, I suppose we can talk about dating if you want to, if we must, absolutely. <laughs> and the authenticity piece, absolutely. So in four or five words, oh, go ahead. No, you go with your four or five words. I just was going to say, how did you get to where you are? Because I know that you said you needed us 15 years ago. So maybe we'll right. start there and then Oh yeah. dig into the authenticity. Okay. Absolutely. So I essentially coach my younger self. I coach the 30, 35-year-old version of me who had self-doubt, did not know how to flirt, felt like he was just not enough for the kinds of women who he, meaning me, wanted to date. I just felt like, oh, I'm introverted. I don't have the cool lines. I don't have a six-pack. I'm not some cool life-of-the-party guy. So, And I always struggled with women because of that. And I just felt like women don't want some dorky, nerdy, ginger who just reads books and can stay in his apartment all weekend reading and taking Italian lessons and stuff. So essentially, I struggle. I coach men who battle self-doubt, who don't know how to flirt, and who just basically walk through the world feeling like, hey, I'm not good enough as I am. I need to pretend like I'm some kind of alpha or some kind of bad boy. And at the time, the mistake I made was I put on different masks and I would try them out on women on dates. I would be the bad boy. I would be alpha male. I would be, I had a date once with a woman I had a huge crush on. And she liked outdoorsy, rugged guys. So I pretended to be some outdoorsy, rugged guy and started making up stories about swimming with sharks. She's like, but you have all your limbs. How on earth could you? Yeah. I'm terrible <laughs> at lying. And I have a terrible poker face. So my forehead became this slip and slide of sweat. And I don't even know if she knew that I was lying to try to impress her, but she could definitely feel like something was off. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until years later, I made this really dramatic shift, leaning into what I call radical authenticity, which is about really leaning into who you are, getting in touch with your core best self and showing women that guy. And it wasn't until I said, you know what, I'm just going to show women that nice, nerdy theater, musical theater loving, hipster guy I am and see if they like that guy. And that made me almost instantly confident and charismatic. Mm -hmm. Not to mm -hmm. all women, of course. Lots right. of women don't like that type. But women who like that authentic self, who you show them, they're going to love you. Yes. So that's essentially what I teach. I say, don't try to be all things to all people. Know who you are and like really lead into it. You mentioned the ice cream example. For me, it's like, don't be a watered down wine spritzer. Be a, a shot of the 18-year-old good stuff, the scotch. Give her a glass of that, that distilled you. And then if she likes that, she's going to catch a buzz. Yeah. And that's a great metaphor because you have to be somewhat willing to see the quality of something to like that 18-year-old distilled thing. Right. You need to understand quality. And I don't know exactly the yes. right words to articulate it, but yeah, you have to have a level of appreciation to like something so valuable or so special or kept so far away from, you know, the everyday run of the mill things. So I love that analogy. Yeah. Authenticity. There's two essential elements that make something authentic. What is an authentic thing? Why is it valuable? One is it has some kind of value and utility to some people out there. It has some value to offer. And the other thing is it's, of course, unique. It's one of a kind. So think about the difference between an authentic Picasso, which is worth millions, and a copy, a print that's worth 50 bucks. Right. 
one is one of a kind, the other is not. One's in my apartment, the other one would never see the light <laughs> of day of the street I live on. <laughs> exactly, yeah. The authentic Picasso versus the fake. Or the, that authentic voice at a business meeting the when somebody just cuts through the BS and just calls it like it is, like that authentic, real voice. It's really about truth, but truth through your lens as the man you are, funneling it through your personality. And it's really powerful to women because when you're truly authentic, you give women two really powerful things that they want. You give them a sense of, whoa, this guy has value to me. So they see that you have something to offer her if she likes your type. And you also create a sense of trust and connection because you're being honest. You're saying, this is the real me. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to BS you. I'm not going to play dating games. And that's really attractive to a given woman. It's, wow, I can trust him. I know who he is. And if she likes your type, then that chemistry can really go off the charts, assuming you're both into each other. Yeah. It can act as a really good filter. It filters out the people that aren't meant for you. So it may perhaps narrow your dating pool. Yes. But that dating pool being so wide isn't necessarily good because it's filled with so much stuff that's not going to work out anyway. So you want that filter. It's almost like a fast forward button to getting around people that are actual potential mates. Totally. And the other point is the authenticity is really exactly what a bad boy is. A bad boy isn't the guy who's out robbing banks, obviously, or riding the motorcycle with the leather jacket. I mean, it maybe could be that. But generally, authentic guys who don't hide who they really are, what their actual thoughts are, their real point mm. of view, who, what they actually love, and they stick to it, and they don't have a weak spine, those guys are the bad boys. That's what actually a bad boy is. It's not the rebel. I love what you just said. I agree 100%. I talk about this in the book, how you can essentially be a nice guy. You can be the nice guy you are and be a gentleman, but steal the bad boy swagger. Not by impersonating him, but by being really genuine and unfiltered, or at least less filtered and truthful. Because what is it about that bad boy that women really like? It's not the bike or the jacket. To an extent, it doesn't give that many shits about what he says. Right. He's less filtered. And there's a sense of strength, that backbone you mentioned. Right. So what I want to help millions of nice guys, because I'm a nice guy who learned how to get really good at dating, even though I'm still a nice guy. I literally help liberal ladies cross the street sometimes. <laughs> I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying that's who I am. Those aren't your dates? Those are, yeah, <laughs> those are not my dates. Okay. I, I don't date that much older than me. But... I love the idea of nice, solid guys getting the benefit of the bad boy moves, but still being that nice, solid gentleman who treats women with the respect they deserve. And you don't have to put on that leather jacket. You can wear your sport coat, do it in your own way, which is the best way to do it. Yeah. And there's also that sense of being free. Like the pressure is off to be... When you can just be you, it's like the biggest sigh or letting out the biggest part. It's just like, Oh, the relief. I can just be now. And when you can just be, then you're in a position to actually really blossom. It's like cheesy analogy, but a flower that's underneath a rock or, you know, got trapped under something. It's like that flower can't grow toward the sun. It can't, it wants to, it's trying to pull that way, but it's never going to be able to lift itself out from under that rock. It just isn't built that way to be able to do that. 
so when you're giving yourself this weightlessness of just being yourself, then it's like, ooh, the flower can grow and grow and grow and grow all the way to the sun. Here's an example, if I may add to that, which is great. Here's a story and a tip. So one of the big epiphanies, the big aha moment I had was it was about 2008, sorry, 2009. And I was going out with all these dating coaches, pickup artists. I was approaching women with a coach. I was trying all these different things. And I finally found a coach who is essentially basically saying what you just said, which is really lean into who you are. And we're at a rooftop bar in lower Manhattan. And I see a beautiful brunette in a silver dress who is just totally my type. Oh, I look so good that night. She looked like you looked incredible that night. Thank yeah. you. I love that dress. You were so very approachable. Thank you. <laughs> and I looked around the room and he said, who are you most attracted to here? And I said, ah, oh, silver dress for sure. And he said, all right, we'll go talk to her. And I said, what do I say? What's the cool line? What's the cool move? The pickup line? He said, well, what's the deepest, truest thing you're thinking and feeling right now? Mm-hmm. And I said, the deepest, truest thing is I'm really nervous and introverted and, and afraid, but I had to meet you. He's like, cool, there's your opener. Say that. Lean into that true feeling. So I walked over to her. As I approached her, this really weird thing happened. I kind of felt like I was going in slow motion. I knew what I was going to say. I knew it was real. I knew it was vulnerable. I didn't know if it was good or not, but it was honest. And I said, hey, excuse me, I just had to meet you. I'm actually really shy, but I just had to say hi. I'm Connell. And she looked at me for a second, kind of looked me over and said, oh, yeah. You're real shy. Hi, I'm Amy. (laughs) She thought it was like a confident guy's line as opposed to what it was, which was a scared to death guy's (laughs) vulnerable, authentic approach. And what she was basically saying was, you know what? If you lean into what you're feeling inside and show that on the outside, you're going to become more confident to women. And that was a big epiphany. And I've never stopped listening to that or relearning that lesson. So that was an amazing response from her. But if you're a guy who says that, walks up to the woman and she just kind of stares blankly at you because it can go wrong. It can go that way. As authentic as possible, this is not a perfect science. So one every 50 girls or one every, I don't know, 20 girls might go, okay, hi, and give you nothing to work with. So what do you do in that situation? Well, I would say it's a lot closer to about one in four, one in five. Yeah. I am being really liberal there. Nice. (laughs) I feel like you should embrace the fact that three, four out of five women who you cold approach in a bar or a club will not be into you romantically, at least not at first and maybe not at all. And that's okay. First of all, you should embrace the fact that it might, you might not get the result. You might not get that attraction because that's not the point. The point is not to get a result, although that's a nice benefit, and we do want those over time. With any given woman, your only goal, I feel, which is what I teach my clients, is you want to make her night better than when she met you. You want to leave her feeling good. You want to go with something to offer. So if there's not some kind of instant connection chemistry right off the bat, if she doesn't swoon and bat her lashes like Amy did to me that night, or you did when you were going by that name, Mm -hmm. then what do you do? You get present. And you follow this mantra of, hey, what am I thinking and feeling? Then just start speaking your mind. Do your best to be present to her and see what she's given you. And then you might say, what's the most honest thing you can say next? Oh, whoa, well, that opener tanked. Should I just leave now and go home and go back to my inflatable girlfriend? I don't know. Maybe that would crack her up. Basically, the bottom line is find a way to make it fun and try to offer her something. 
if you have value to offer, jokes, good stories, or just a good energy, a lot more approaches are going to go good than go bad. And that's a great way to go out and meet people in real life. Yes. I love your inflatable girlfriend line. You know, I work with guys on their banter and how to talk to women. And I never really recommend saying something that you've pre-planned or that's a stock line that you can pull out of your little back pocket. But that's a good one in case, just for guys listening, just to keep it on, on call. Because sometimes when you do get caught in that scenario and it's just doesn't go the way you planned, you freeze like a deer in headlights. So as much as I hate saying have, have a go-to line, I would highly recommend that one if you're okay with people using that. <laughs> totally. There's nothing wrong with having a couple of go-tos. I'm definitely not teaching scripts or pickup artist scripts, which is total BS. Yeah, of course. But you know you're going to get the same four or five questions every night, right? If you, let's say you're going out to socialize and approach women. You're going to hear, what do you do? Where do you live? Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? You know the questions that are coming. So there's nothing wrong with having a few things in your back pocket that might be funny, clever, witty to say. I've been in a million clubs at a million bars. I was asked so often, so are you from here? And I started saying to women, yeah, yeah, I sleep over there behind the bar. That's where my cot is set up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, my bed's uh, upstairs in the yeah. storeroom. We all have our, our pet little jokes we use. It's not gamey in a bad way to do that. Having a couple little back pocket comments, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But in terms of if it doesn't go well from that second line, I come from a place of, you know what? My only goal is to last two minutes. If she and I get to the two-minute mark... You're not talking Right. No, no, that's no, I wish I could last two minutes in the bedroom. That's a that's like a long night for me. No, I'm talking about an approach. If she's relatively comfortable with your presence, (laughs) she's not telling you to buzz off. I say to a guy, try to get to the two minute mark because it takes about two minutes for you to get comfortable, get a bit more charisma and have the nerve settle. Takes about two minutes for her to see, oh hey, you know what? This guy's all right. Good intentions, solid guy, good style, has something to say. And then at the two-minute mark, if she's still not feeling it, excuse yourself. Hey, have a great night. Nice meeting you. And then you can move on. So there's something kind of magical about the two-minute mark because that seems to be the line of demarcation where it's like you can get a number in a date, but you got to put in that two minutes to just get each other comfortable in each other's space. Yeah, absolutely. That reminds me a little bit. This is a little side note, but it reminds me a little bit of when I'm in an airplane I get really anxious and nervous during takeoff, like incredibly nervous. And at the 10,000 feet mark, a ding will go off. And when that ding goes off, that's my notifier for, okay, we're safe. The plane's not going down. You can now enjoy the flight. And so I feel like that's a similar idea, like having that two minute mark, ding, we're at a safe flying altitude. We didn't crash during takeoff. And now you can put on your TV and enjoy your flight or put in those headphones and just kind of be. Bring on the bar cart. Yeah. So I want to go back to something that you said, but before I do go back to that, I want to take a quick break and get into what you said about adding something, adding value and making her night better and talk more about how you do that. So we're going to talk about that in just a second. So keep listening. Life can be hard. Life can be daunting. You could be struggling with mental health issues. You could be struggling with loneliness. You could be struggling with grief. You could be struggling with adjusting to life post-COVID. If you are, there's help. You don't have to do it alone. And if you're like a lot of people and a lot of men, you probably think, eh, I can handle it. It'll be fine. I'll get through it on my own. 
But if you actually seek help, you'll find out, whoa, I actually really couldn't do that on my own and support is necessary. So if you're struggling, talk to someone and BetterHelp is here to talk to you. I want you to start living a happier life today. So as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash askwomen. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash askwomen. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty and you'll find out all about it. All right, so we're back and I wanted to ask that question right as you were bringing that up and I'm so glad that I remembered because when it comes to adding value, I love that phrase and I always recommend it to guys when they're like sliding into someone's DMs or talking to women. But I like to hear other people's perspectives on what is value. What does make her night better? It's not just buying her a free drink so she can... No, 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 no. Right. So what is it that makes her night better? Well, it's the second step in a five-step process that I lay out in my book and with my clients. But essentially, first step is approach. Open. Again, that's a win in and of itself. Any approach is a, as one of my old coaches used to say, a a 100 out of 10, because who the hell has the cojones to even do that, right? The next step is, I say, offer authentic value. Bring something to the table. Again, I had a million coaches, so I have all these tips swimming in my head. One of my old pickup coaches used to say, be the Kool-Aid guy, smashing (laughs) through the window. You got cool. You got something to bring to the table. You got something to bring to the table, as opposed to you're not there trying to take from her. You're there trying to offer something. But what does that look like? You might have a funny story from something you just, that just happened to you that day. You might have a, a great observation about her. You might have a sincere, specific compliment. Like when I told Amy that, I, hey, I had to meet her. You know, I said something like, wow, you're totally my type. You're really cute. I had to say hi. In a sense, that's offering value because I'm putting a vulnerable opinion on the line. You might crack a joke. And one of my favorite stories, I went out with a client once and I could see how in his head he was. He was all up here, couldn't get into his body. So I said, okay, you need the karaoke opener. He's like, what's that? I said, what's your favorite karaoke song? He said, Purple Rain. I said, and who's the prettiest girl within a a 360 turn from where we are? And he pointed to such and such girl. And I said, cool. Your opener is go sing the opening verse to Purple Rain. Just walk up to her blankly. Yeah. Walked up and said, never meant to cause you any sorrow. (laughs) Never meant to cause you any pain. Now I'm not saying do this at She's like what you just did. <laughs> That's what my wife asked me to say back. Now I'm sad and that was painful, so I'm in pain. 
No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. She, <laughs> oh, she started laughing. She was giggling and started singing with him. And all of a sudden, they're both singing Purple Rain together a cappella at a bar in lower Manhattan. So the idea here is that you want to bring something to the table. And, and that something can just be as simple as, you know what, what am I thinking and feeling right now? What's an honest, good intention, thought, or vibe that I want to share? And I'm here to share it with you. Another way to do it is ask yourself this question. What makes her fascinating? Find out. Make that your goal. This is a good first date tip as well, in addition to approaching. Ask yourself, I'm going to try to find out one thing about this woman that I find fascinating. Because if you can see that thing that's fascinating to you about her, that has value to her. Because you're noticing something really awesome about her, something special. So essentially, walk up with a proverbial full cup. And understand that even if the words aren't amazing and you're not on your game tonight, you have value just because you're, you're yourself. You are value. You don't just offer value, you are value. And just by sharing your true personality and that true authentic self, that's something of value. Because remember, you're an original Picasso. You have value just being you. Yeah. What do you think about offering something of value that's not literal or not going to actually happen? I've been making a banter course. I do banter lessons with guys one-on-one, but I'm making a course. And in the course, I was talking about making her feel like you can take care of her and not in a mansplaining way, but in a, if I needed him, if I needed something, he could make me feel taken care of. So what do you think about something like she's wearing incredibly high heels, like tall high heels and her feet might look, I mean, they look gorgeous in the shoes, but they might be throbbing. Him saying something like, do you want me to go steal that lady's sneakers for you? Nice. Something like that. Totally. Obviously you're not going to do that, but showing her that there's this, it's not a fatherly thing. I kind of get screwed up trying to articulate it because it's not like a dad thing of like, I'm going to take care of my baby girl, make sure she's got all the things she needs. It's not like that, but there's an element of that. But I, I like it and I recommend it because you're not actually doing it. You're not actually walking up to her with a pair of more comfortable shoes saying, here, my love, put on these shoes out of the blue. You're teasing this idea of like, when you need comfort or when you need to feel safe, I'm here and doing it in a playful way. So I feel like that's a way to add value without like it being literal value. I agree. You're showing her that you offer her care. You're right. You're you're someone who's going to care for the both of you. Yeah, you're capable of that care. Yeah. You're going to take responsibility or at least some responsibility on your shoulders for making sure she's safe, having fun, having a good time, and just being taken care of. And what a beautiful, tender subtext to suggest in the right context. I think that's beautiful. Right. One of the things I suggest my clients do, or any guy, any guy listening to this podcast, is show leadership and heart in an interaction. Let's go with that approach kind of context. You walk up to a woman, you are authentic, you're listening, you're being present, respectful, but flirting as well. And we can talk about that if you like. And show some leadership qualities. Show that, you know what, I'm going to take responsibility for us having a great time. And I hope you'll come play with me, right? By leading the conversation in fun areas that are enjoyable. Maybe the bar is really loud and people are bumping into you. Say, oh, you know, you might put your hand respectfully on her back and like lead her somewhere quieter and say, let's go over here. Let's talk. I want to hear what you have to say. And I can't hear you over here. 
just showing those leadership qualities. That's that backbone that you talked about. Women notice a guy who leads. And that I think that care, that noticing that she's wearing shoes or probably are giving her blisters would be a great way to... It's also, it's really about empathy too. Empathy is way sexier. It's really underrated. It's really sexy, or at least it's really attractive. It is. But there's a point in which it becomes too empathetic or too much. So it's always got to be in balance. If it's constantly like, let me take care of you, or let me show you how much I understand, or let me get you this or that, then that's when guys starting to get thrown into that just heaping pile of the friend zone of just like all these guys. I picture bodies stacked on top of each other and she just like, whoop, and your body just gets thrown over there with everybody else. So it's a balance. But if you do it right and you do just the right amount, it's as a woman, so incredibly appealing. I can't express how appealing that is to me because it's just so much of a turn on, you know, it's in like, you know, when guys, what you said a second ago about find something that's fascinating about her. Some guys approach women because they find her attractive physically. So they're not looking for the fascination part. They're not looking to know her at first, or even maybe after they get the phone number, they're still just like, oh, she's hot and I want to go out with her. How do you have since we were talking about authenticity, how do you have authentic interest in finding out what's fascinating about her? Because the truth is, if we're being authentic in some situations, she's just freaking hot. And so the authentic (laughs) is she was hot and I really don't care what was fascinating about her yet. How do you make that jump from going from, oh, she's really good looking and I really like her physically to authentically becoming interested in something that she has to offer or that is fascinating. Well, if a guy does not feel like he wants something deeper, then he's got to raise his standards and look for something more than just looks because he's headed down a road of shallow looks-based dating, which is not going to be fulfilling. I'm not saying beautiful women aren't exciting to hook up with and connect with, but it's so much more meaningful and powerful when you connect and actually like that person. So. Anyway, I would say to that guy, find something that you like because it's going to be so much more fulfilling to really care about that person. That said, I would say that you want to basically ask yourself, okay, looks are great, but hey, looks fade. All of our looks will fade. And if you're going to approach somebody, at least with the potential of having a real relationship, having it go somewhere more than just a one night stand, then you're going to ask yourself, Actually, here's a great question. I have my clients do this. Ask yourself, what are the top five traits that you love in a woman that have nothing to do with looks? What are those things? That's great. Maybe it's wit. I love wit and banter. I love it. I want my dates to be like a Hepburn Tracy movie. And some guys want a big heart, sincerity, a woman who's got self-improvement aspects. There's really no wrong answer. You can have three to five of these in your back pocket, so to speak. And then when you talk to that attractive woman, this is also, quote, good game, in addition to just making it about something deeper. Sure, you might approach her because she's beautiful and her figure and hair and lips catch your eye. But for you to really connect with her and have this go somewhere, she's probably going to want to see that you see something besides that. She's going to want to feel seen and to feel more like more than just a pretty face or an attractive figure. So have three things in mind that are really important to you. Like when I'm out in the world, 
approaching with my clients or doing it on my own, I would always find out, do you read? I mean, are you a big reader of books? Please tell me you actually read books. You're not just on your Facebook page all the time scrolling. Oh, Facebook's the only book I read. (laughs) I'm looking to see, I love intelligent people. I'm not saying I'm Albert Einstein, but I like a really smart woman to date, just like hopefully she likes a smart man. And I'm looking for that inner quality. So I guess it's a two-part answer to your question. One is you got to look inside of yourself and say, what do I want in a woman besides her looks? And then find out if she has those things and then tell her, tell her how great it is. Whoa, no way. Your favorite book is like one of, one of the, the women I really fell for early in my dating journey. We talked for like an hour about Hunter Thompson books on our first date. We really vibed about that. You can't talk about her looks for an hour but you can talk about the emotional commonalities you have in common or the things you have in common. And that is going to be the vehicle that lets you two get closer romantically as well. So how does one naturally ask a question about, do you like to read without being too interviewee? Like, so tell me, do you like to read? I know what my answer is, but I'm curious what yours is. I would say, I'm trying to think how I do it. I might just talk about something that I'm doing. Uh, Oh yeah, I've been reading this amazing book. It's called you know, X, Y, Z, Lyndon Johnson, Master the Senate by Robert Caro, sitting on my coffee table. What about you? Are you a nonfiction reader? Are you more into novels? I mean, it's just really chit chat. It's just small talk in a sense. And you're not doing it in any kind of hardcore sleuthing way. You're just trying to find out what makes her tick. And you're looking for things. And here's what you really want to look for as a guy. You don't just want to look for surface level things. Because you know what? Maybe she's not a Lyndon Johnson presidential historian nerd like me. Probably she isn't. But there's an underlying emotional experience that every vehicle has an underlying emotional experience. I love reading books because it helps me grow and improve as a person. Maybe she does yoga because it helps her grow and improve as a person or it gets her out of her head, which is also why I read. And now we can connect on that underlying emotional experience of no way. You love yoga because you like to get out of your head and it makes you present. That's why I read my nerdy books. And so you can connect on something that is completely different on the surface, books and yoga, but the underlying emotional experience is very similar. And that's what really helps to foster a true connection because you're sharing experiences rather than the surface level thing. Right, right. I love all of the things that you just said. Normally, when I talk about in terms of banter, staying away from like those kind of questions of like, I mean, it's of of course okay to ask questions. We're human beings and we want to learn about other people. But I always recommend doing like this, giving information to get the information. So almost like making assumptions. So if you're looking at a drink menu and you say something like, I'm sure this isn't the longest thing you've read lately. Because like, let's pretend it's a super long drink. So you're taking the environment into consideration and almost making like, maybe she looks like she's from California and you want to know where she's from. Instead of saying, where are you from? Doing an implying. So saying like, you look like you're from California. So you get information without having to, I almost feel like when you ask questions, it's great to ask questions, but then too many becomes that job interviewee thing. So implying stuff is a great way to get away from losing that upper hand. Because sometimes I feel like when you ask questions, you're losing the upper hand in a sense. And I do think you may disagree. And this may be just my personality type. 
but it's always keeping this like level playing field where you're not letting her go up on a pedestal. Like you're showing her you're interested. And so you're showing her she's special because you're engaging with her. But when guys are asking questions, and I'm not saying what you said is wrong at all, but to push people away from questions because sometimes guys will end up just leaning on those, I feel like. So doing that implying to get the information. Like you look like you're from California and she might go, oh, thank you. She might take that as flattering and then say, oh, but I'm actually from Ohio. So you got that information without having to be like, so tell me about you. I need to know about you. It's not, you know, you, you, you. But yet you're seeing her. Like you mentioned, women love to be seen. And I love talking about that because they do love to be seen. So that seeing her, like even if she's not from California, you're seeing something in her. Maybe she's blonde and athletic and has a great tan or something like that. Or maybe she's a bum and <laughs> looks like she lives in a tent. Then she's also from California. It could be one or the other these days. Yeah, I think it's good to make a lot of statements because you yeah. want to, again, you want to offer a lot. It's a balance, right? If you, because I trained with all these pickup guys, they taught me a lot of these things. And yeah, it's much better to walk up and make statements, share your point of view, have something to offer than to be Mike Wallace on 60 Minutes asking 27 straight <laughs> interrogation questions. However, it's also weird not to ask questions at all because we're humans. Right. And it would be weird if you just went up and like barked out statements and never asked anything about her. <laughs> you're this, you're that. <laughs> Absolutely. You're this, you're that. But in terms of just breaking up the topic, that's, I think, a great way to do it. To me, it's a balance. Yeah. And if you're going to ask questions, then at least make it a little bit of a ping pong back and forth. So then she can take turns asking you questions. But better yet, why don't you ask good questions? To me, dates are all about playfulness. Other than authenticity, it's about let's play. Right. Let's not exchange information about each other. Let's play together. Let's have some fun. And you can ask plenty of questions while also offering things, as long as they're good questions, sort of like emotionally evocative questions. One of the questions I love to ask on first dates, and we start with really fun, simple, almost like Tinder icebreaker kinds of questions. Like, if you could travel anywhere in the world today, where would you take us? <laughs> where would we transport to? At least now we're talking about being together on a beach. But then I love asking deeper questions. I love asking questions like, if you can go back and relive the best day of your life, what day would you go back in time and experience all over again? Mm. It's a heavy question, yeah. but it's a positive one. I'm not saying do this 10 minutes into the date, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's maybe the second drink into the date. You really start to get kind of real with each other. Banter is great early on. It's like there's this continuum of let's, let's have lots of banter early on and fun little teases and compliments and jokes. And then as the date goes on, I feel like that should sort of diminish. Absolutely. And let's just be vulnerable and real and talk about some real stuff, assuming yeah. it's positive and not too heavy. Yeah. With moments of fun sprinkled in. Always. It's a date. It should be fun. Right. Well, so you're bringing up playfulness and you mentioned flirtation a little while ago. I would love to hear more about what you have to say on flirting. Yeah. To me, flirting is the term I use is man to woman communication. That's a blanket term that essentially means let's avoid dry facts and logic, which is a one way ticket to the friend zone. And let's play. Let's speak emotionally. Let's talk about emotionally charged things or fun emotional topics. It would be, for example, on a first date, and this is something your, your listeners can do, I'm probably going to start a lot of sentences with the words, here's how I feel about that. 
Or, oh my God, I totally love what you just said about that. And I freaking hate this other thing. I'm going to be expressive. I'm going to use emotionally charged words, not emotionally controversial ones, just words of emotion. Because I don't want it to be like, I live in New York City and I'm a dating coach and I'm this age and I'm this tall. I want it to be, I'm a Manhattanite for 20 years. I love New York City because I feel so lit up when I'm here. And, and I'm a dating coach because making people fall in love just makes me feel like that every baby that's born is partially my responsibility. <laughs> or something like that. So you're to blame when shit goes wrong. Yeah. And I feel like women are, are going to respond to that emotional wavelength. So really, it's a wavelength. I work with a lot of men who are like doctors and accountants and engineers, and they get in a very facts and figures kind of mindset. You want to switch that channel, turn the channel from that what I call friend to friend or logical to more emotionally evocative. It's feelings, it's jokes, it's stories. Here's a great shortcut for charisma, being confident and charismatic on a date. I have a couple of really good personal stories to share about yourself. Vivid, compelling stories from your past. Because when you're telling a story, guess what? Your date's going to lean in and listen to the story, almost no matter what it is, as long as it's a good story. And that's an example of, it's not flirting per se, but it's dialing up the connection and attraction because it's making you very compelling. It's getting her sort of reacting to your energy as opposed to you hitting her with 27 questions she's heard a million times. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Now to make it a little bit more escalated, do you ever recommend any sort of touch or any other element mm -hmm. to crank that volume yes. up a little bit into the sexuality-ish zone? Yeah, absolutely. I, again, case by case, and it's always through the lens of empathy. Like, is she liking this? Is it going well? <laughs> and yeah. noticing. But essentially, we, on a date, especially now that we're post, more or less post-COVID, thank God, knock on all the wood, yeah. that it's okay to now be a bit more physically expressive with people who we've just met. You want a, basically a stair-step approach to being physically expressive. So she walks in on that first date. You might give her a warm, friendly hug. You're not going to shake her hand. You're going to give her a warm, friendly hug, assuming she's okay with that. And then you might sit next to her and tap her on the knee, give her a high five when she says something you like. Mm -hmm. If she tells you that she doesn't like Coldplay and she's never listened to Chris Martin, you can like playfully push her away and say, ah, oh, get away. This date's <laughs> over. I can't believe I'm with somebody who doesn't like Coldplay. I like Coldplay. I like Coldplay. Yeah. So a little bit of physical expressiveness can give her the signal of, hey, he's liking me. It gives her the chance to give you a red, yellow, or green light back. Is she touching you back? Is it a green light? And you could do a little bit more. You might throw your arm over her shoulder and lean in and whisper, and she might lean in. And essentially, what we want to do is climb this stair step to the things like kissing and romantic escalation. I feel like you've been listening into my coaching sessions. <laughs> I confirm nor deny nothing. <laughs> You might have some malware in my computer or something. I'm telling you, nine out of 10 things of what you said is stuff that I talk about and teach that I always talk about with the touching. You have to have, there's levels. So you start at level one. If you get a green light, you go to level two. Green light, you can work to level three. So yeah, everything you're saying, I'm like, what the heck? He's stealing my act. <laughs> <laughs> so then of course, I love everything you're saying. Totally. And some women really respond to that well. Others might not. They might need a little more time. And that's good because at least she'll tell you, 
like one of my favorite moves, you want to call it that, is after a couple high fives, a couple, a little bit of physical expressiveness, I'll try to like I'll catch the high five. It'll be like that and catch it. Yeah. And now we're holding hands. Yeah. Is she holding your hand back? If she is, pretty soon you can kiss her and you're you're in a good place. Yeah. If she gets tense and pulls it away, okay. She just said I'm not there yet. Now you don't have to try some weird miscalibrated first kiss attempt. Yes. Like Tom Brady trying to throw a touchdown from his own end zone. Yes. You'd much rather be on the 10 yard line and throw that closer to the, the end zone. Absolutely. So yeah, we're just kind of climbing this, I call it the stair steps mm-hmm. up and you don't need to force it. You don't need to push it. But if you don't do it at all, you might run the risk of, oh, this guy isn't kind of flirting with me and showing me that interest. And that can lead to the friend zone as we know. Right. Right. Well, everything you're saying is so spot on. So they can find all this good stuff in your book and working with you, your book, Dating Sucks, But You Don't? Yes. My book, Dating Sucks, But You Don't, is essentially it's a step-by-step guide to help men gain confidence, learn to flirt, get more dates, and eventually get a great girlfriend. And that's on my website at datingtransformation.com. And even if you don't get the book, you can go to my website, tons of free tips, free videos. I do a weekly video series with lots of short practical tips and also the books on Amazon. So basically everything I know, or at least all the best stuff, it's all in Dating Sucks, But You Don't. Awesome. So you can find my book, Dating Sucks, and so do you, also on Amazon. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I already said that joke earlier. I was comfortable. I like it. I laughed. I laughed twice. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been such an informative episode. And if you guys want to get in touch with Connell, again, website, tell me it again. It's datingtransformation.com. Datingtransformation.com. If you guys want help from me with your banter, you can always go to kristenandchill.com. Until then, read that book and subscribe to the podcast so you don't have to download individual episodes. They'll just be in your funnel, as Marnie likes to call it. It comes out every Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific. And we will see you guys next week. 